Welcome to Knights of the Roundtable, HBCU Pro Sports Media Association presentation. This is a show where we get media from around the nation to go inside the happenings of HBCU sports and culture. Joining me today, it's two weeks in a row, Alex, man. You starting to become a regular, man. Hey, having fun. Willie Alex Hines. Alex Hines presents HBCU Sports. Also joining me today from the Alcorn Braves Network is Mr. Charles Edmond. And the big boys have Stephen A. We have Stephen J. Stephen J. Gaither, (laughs) HBCU Game Day. What's going on, my brother? Well, no, I appreciate you having me in. I uh, hope I contribute something of uh, value. So, we'll, take well if, if if you contribute uh, your value half of what you write on the on their website and the stuff that we see y'all produce, then we gonna have us a good show today, my brother. Let's 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 get this thing rolling, man. Uh, oh, first of all, got got to get the plugs out the way. Make sure you go follow HBCU Pro Sports Media Association on Twitter at. HBCU Pro. That's HBCU Pro. Uh, also go to the website, HBCU Pro Sports Media Association.com. All right, fellas. Hot takes for the weekend. We had some, we had a couple of good games. We had some average games. And then we had some Molly Wops. So we're gonna go around the horn. Give me your one hot take. For the weekend, be it, be it a game, be it a player, give me the one thing that just kind of sticks out of your mind for the weekend, Charles. Uh, since you had the weekend off, since Alcorn wasn't played, we gonna let you go first. Well, you know, one one of my hot takes was the uh, I'm gonna go with Grambling, Tennessee State. I'm gonna start there. You know, Grambling's off entire offense was rebuilt from the ground up in the offseason. Broderick Fobbs let go, quarterbacks coach, OC. Offensive line coach, quality control coach, and built that offense from the ground up. And I was pleasantly surprised that Grambling was able to put up, you know, 16 points. It might not sound great, but considering what it looked like three months ago, I was pleasantly surprised that they were able to uh, get that done. So that that's one of my one of my big hot takes on the positive side, and of course the on the negative side, the the Jackson State, Florida A and M. Um, I was extremely disappointed. If you talk about a hot take, how about a cold take? My cold take coming out of this was uh, Florida A&M lack of quarterback productivity. I had Florida A&M winning the game on the foundation that they would have pretty good quarterback play because Willie Simmons, former, you know, knows his offense, knows offense, and can figure out a way to get some productivity out of his quarterbacks. He played two; it didn't happen. So. The, that's a hot take and a cold take, if you will, coming out of uh, this past weekend's action. Well, since uh, Charles has changed rules and set a new standard for us, we're gonna we're gonna go with a hot take and a cold take. Uh, <laughs> Stephen, what 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 do you have for us? Well, you put the game around on me, so I got to figure out a cold take. Uh, my hot take is just um obviously you know, all that he was down in Miami. You know, even though we didn't get the game the game that we thought we were gonna get. Um, I think uh, I think there are a lot of people who were probably more disappointed that Sam you didn't win than they were disappointed that their own team didn't win. Because uh, I think a lot of people had some hope in uh, in uh, Sam you knocking JSU down, uh, but that didn't happen. And uh, the cold take is uh, 
the MEAC responded to Deion Sanders. Um, you know, his, uh, he was asked about, uh, you know, the conference, uh, the conference realignment situation. And he said, hey, I think he said what a lot of people say, which is, you know, the MEAC and the SWAC should join together and make a power conference. And, uh, you know, uh, that was one man's answer. And the MEAC and the entire league responded to Deion Sanders. So um, it continues to be uh, Deion Sanders continues to move the needle, whether people like it or not, you know, love it or hate it. So there we go. And that's actually a subject we're going to get into a little bit later on in the uh, show, hopefully, uh, if we have another time. Alex, give me a hot, give me a cold. I take Alabama A&M, South Carolina State. Great game. But Alabama A&M can't keep giving up 40 points and expect to win every game. But it was a great game to watch. My cold take was I had to painfully watch Lenore Ryan put 47 on Virginia State. <laughs> and despite how bad they got beat, I watched to the very end like a true Trojan. <laughs> well, if uh, I'm going to start off with my cold take because I believe in giving you the bad news first so that the good news cheer you up. I had not one but both of my alma maters lost this weekend in Florida A&M and Tuskegee University. And as an alum of both, I'm going to be honest with you, neither one of them look good in their loss. We can – losses happen. You can take losses. But the way that you lose is something that triggers the alumni and gets that alumni reaction. Well, it was not a positive reaction uh, for me, for my alumni friends that I talked to from from both universities. A good a good take for me was the uh, uh, just the fact that we're back. We are back in the stadiums. No stadiums were not at capacity, but there were decent crowds. The games, the two games that I went to, people people were masked up, so we 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 were actually able to get out and enjoy ourselves. May not have had all of the festivities that we normally have, but we were actually able to go to a football game, a college football game, and enjoy the atmosphere. I love watching it on TV, but there's nothing like being in the state. I agree with you on that. Yeah, I absolutely but, agree. Yeah, but and we just talked about this uh, pre-show. The coverage of these games. It is great. ESPN, NFL Network, all these other SEC network is picking up some games. Uh, you know, all these other places are picking up these games. But we need to send a note to them. Y'all need to know how to cover black college football hey get your get your commercials out the way the first two minutes of halftime save your commercials for the last two minutes of halftime maybe a minute while the band switch out but when the drum majors out there when the dance when the dance line is out there that is not the time to run a five minute commercial you know we want to see the bands 
march in. Let's get let's get a camera down there when the bands march in. I don't care what school you go to, every band has its routine that they march into. You know, di- different things like that. Yeah, you got some good crowd shots, but you know, capture the atmosphere. Comments, anybody. Well, I mean, I know a lot of people were tuning into the JSU FAMU game that don't normally watch the ACCU football, um, you know, and I think a lot of people were expecting to see that. I saw, um, I think, some posts talking about that. But, you know, the reality is, I mean, if you watch, they, I mean, they're just not going to do it because of the, the copyright uh, situation. Only in a couple of games, only in the MEAC Flat Challenge and the Celebration Bowl, you know, they have those sponsors that underwrite that type of thing. Otherwise, uh, you know, somebody's got to pay for that type of stuff, so... Um, you know, we all know back in the day, BET used to get away with it. And, um, you know, however they were able to do it, and maybe because they worked with the record companies and things like that, they were able to kind of backdoor it. And, and, but, you know, I get what you're saying. Uh, and everybody, that would only add to it and really just really do it. Um, but I do think that the coverage of HBCU sports is something that uh, we should definitely talk about, um, especially being HBCU pro sports media. Because, uh, you know, for a long time, HBCUs, I've only been covered for it's been Fubu, it's before us and by us. And uh, I think, you know, I know, as a matter of fact, as of late, you know, over the last, uh, since I've been doing this since 2012, um, you know, slowly but surely you've seen mainstream owned outlets creating their own versions of what we do and uh, been able to do it at a, a level. And because of that financial backing, uh, have some success with independents like us, you know, we're, we're out here, you know, scrounging to get it when it before was popular. So, um, you know, I think it's great while we're getting, you know, the ESPNs and performance networks and, and all that exposure. I think it's um, important that, uh, you know, we as, uh, you know, HBCU alumni uh, and media and journalists uh, continue to uh, continue to fight in this space uh, because there's money to be made in this space and people are starting to see that. Um, and uh, you know, there's, there's that and then there's also the connection and not everybody has that. So, uh, yeah, I think it, it would be great to see it. But, you know, that corporate is always going to come first, especially when you're doing it for the reasons that they're doing it. So, there we go. Okay. Now, Anybody I else watched, want to chime in? Now, I watched the Grambling game. And NFL Network showed both halftimes, the entire performance. They didn't go to a commercial break. In between bands, it went from one band right to the other. So I wanted to know how the NFL Network was able to do that. Somebody wrote a check somewhere. It had to be. I mean, ESPN is, you know, you know, you watch the games, they, they never do the halftime. Um, only in yes. the Celebration Bowl and the MEAC SWAC, their ESPN-owned event, where they have you know, whoever is the sponsor there. So, um, you know, someone must have quit it or I know ESPN has that, never been a thing to show the games. And, you know, as great as, as much as we anticipated that game, um, you know, they, they were only going to put so much into it. And I think, again, that's where the authenticity that we bring as people who've been doing this for a long time, you know, have passion and care about it and are the decision makers come in um, to where, uh, you know, it's, it's an important thing. So. And, and with NFL Network, it was not just halftime. The whole thing was good. Um, their coverage was better. Didn't get a lot of jokes. 
didn't get a lot of cliches. He had Charles Davis and new football. And like Charles said, he's very knowledgeable. And he knew what he was talking about. Andrew Siciliano, he did great as a um, play-by-play. Steve White on the sidelines. And for, for the second time with this game, NFL Network put on a quality performance. And my question is, could we get another maybe two one or two more games on that network? Charles, you want to chime in on this? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's I, I do think that it is a copyright issue. Yeah. Um, I can say that, you know, for example, the bands have to have a copyright um, rights okay. when they perform every year, they have to cut a check to an organization to perform their music, which is performed by an artist. I don't know what that total is. I knew it once upon a time, but it, it is a copyright issue. I think a combination of that plus the decision to run their half times, go back to studio and do their half times as compared to dealing with the bands. You know, when the Bayou, if you look at the Bayou Classic on NBC, whether it's NBC Network or NBC Sports Network, they they cover the Battle of the Bands at halftime. And I do think that's, un, that's uh, underwritten as well. So I, I do think it is a money issue. And uh, if, if that time is not paid for one way or the other, then you're going to go back to the studio and you're going to see a studio show as compared to a band show. And I think that's what you're seeing with ESPN. I think the NFL Network doesn't have as much of a dog in a fight in it. The, the handful of games that they do um, on on the black college level, I think they've just made the decision to 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 air the bands and show the bands at whatever it costs, whatever it takes. That's what it's going to take because I think they understand that's all a part of the pageantry of the game. The bands, you know, whether it's the fifth quarter, whether it's halftime. I mean, I know they don't show that, but I I think it's just a commitment to what they're trying to do. And I, I, I agree with what Alex said. I mean, the NFL Network covers NFL games. They don't cover college games. And for them to do what they did and have a quality broadcast from start to finish, uh, it is kind of concerning a little bit. And, and I hope we get some answers as to why ESPN is not sh- does not show the halftime. Because I think fans really want to know that and fans want to see the bands. Yeah. And... One other thing about the show, when you do kick it back to the studio, if I'm watching an HBCU game, if I'm watching the Florida A&M, Jackson State game, I'm probably not as concerned about the Alabama-Miami score. So <laughs> this is an HBCU audience. Stick to, if you're going to do a halftime show, get some, give me some other uh, HBCU updates and scores. You know, I, I can get them on your app. So I'm pretty sure you got some people who can talk about them uh, every now and then in the uh, in, in the studio. We're going to leave that discussion uh, right there. What we're going to do now, fellas, we're going to take a break. When we come back from this break, we're going to talk about everybody's favorite coach, love him or hate him, Coach Prime, and Steve, 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 uh, Jay already brought it up, what he, what he said in his Friday press conference. What he said in his Sunday press conference, along with, I got got to get on Alabama A&M about something. This has nothing to do with the game, 
played on the field. So you are watching Knights of the Roundtable, HBCU Pro Sports Media Presentation. It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's it's the the pregame. With your host, Charles Bishop and Neely. So get ready, because we pregame harder than the other show's party. It's the pregame. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. Welcome back to Knights of the Roundtable. Second quarter, segment two. Alex Hines, Charles Edmond, Stephen J. Stephen J. Gaither. All right, fellas. Coach Prime moving the needle once again. He moved the needle twice this this week. He was scratching and mixing. He, 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 he was <laughs> no, nah, but 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 did you hear that when, when the needle slid across the uh the it's LP? LP. <laughs> uh, first comment he made Friday in, in the press conference, Steve, Stephen already uh, kind of mentioned it, about the Super Conference. The BAC and the SWAC just coming together to form a Super Conference. Coach Tyrone Wheatley of Morgan State actually kind of mm-hmm. co-signed on it. Mm-hmm. Kind of. He didn't give a full he, – he didn't give his full signature. He just put his initials out there. He didn't want to get called into the AD's office and who blame who can blame. Me? <laughs> I think that I think he would have skipped the AD's office, went straight to the uh commissioner's office. He, even with the commissioner getting ready to uh go out the door, he would have had to call him to the carpet on, on that one. And then which forced the B Act to actually put out a statement. It didn't force him. <laughs> it didn't force them. I'm go I'm gonna come back on my comment on that, then I'm gonna let you chime in on that one. And then on Sunday. Put their names on the back of the jerseys. Even if I got to pay for them, put their names on the back of the jerseys. Not me, not I, not AD. That was Coach Prime's quote. (laughs) So, you know, 
it, is it getting to the point where, like I said on one one of these podcasts, I've been on so many podcasts the last couple of days, I really can't keep up with it. When when Coach Prime goes and gets his tires changed on his truck, is it is it to that point where that's a tweet now? Hey, Coach Prime now to Walmart gets to do tires. He go to Firestone, he went to Walmart. Have we really gotten to this point? And I love I love the attention Coach Prime is bringing to HBCU sports, but sometimes everything does not deserve a tweet. Everything does not deserve an article. Everything does not deserve a press statement. It definitely does not deserve a press conference. I'm, since you already started off on the fire with it, Stephen, uh, I'm gonna let you go first. Well, um, you know, it's part of the contri- contribution to everything becoming a tweet, everything becoming a post, and all of that stuff. You know, the reality is, you know, a year ago we were sitting here, no HBCU football, um, and, you know, uh, HBCU sports broke the news that, uh, you know, Coach Prime might be coming to Jackson State, and then it actually happened, and then the buildup, and then the spring and all of this. And, um, you know, they're, they're honestly, you know, if you look at the numbers and, again, in creating this content all the time, and, you know, we all look at the data and the numbers, um, data points, as, as, as our guy Mike Washington would say, um, all the data points say that, uh, you know, things have just been, there was, there's really a, there's really a BS and an AS before a, before Sanders and after Sanders. Um, you know, he's brought in casual folks, um, folks who would not be, who would not be watching what we're doing right now. Let's be honest, uh, who, you know, who have, who, who he just brings in that he brings in guys, he brings in. Ocho Cinco, Gilly the Kid to spike the ball and, you know, whatever. He makes things happen. Um, love it or hate it, he does. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, you know, we're in a spot, spot where everything's data analytics and he just moves the needle no matter what he does. I mean, I can't think of too many coaches in any, in any conference or any league that they can make a statement one day. They could be asked a question. And he, it wasn't even like he went and had a press conference. He was just asked a question at a press conference gave his answer and the commissioner of an entire conference had to respond. I mean, maybe if Nick Saban says something, yeah, we, you know, we're going to take the rest of the big 12, maybe the big 12 issues a statement after that. But I mean, you know, he's just, he's just his own animal in his own, uh, in his own situation. And so, you know, I think, you know, we talk about the exposure. I mean, that's, there's the, it's the same thing that make you laugh and make you cry. So here we go. Got to live with it. Charles, I'm gonna let you come in there. You 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 were shaking your head yes on some things and no on some other things. Let, let me let you get in there, Charles. Well, I, I don't. First of all, I, I'm going all the way back to the hire. I don't have a problem with it. You know, as a person that that's covered the eastern side, you know, being at Alcorn and and following Jackson State forever in a day, Jackson State needed to make a big splash, yeah. and they did with Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. Um, they hadn't won a championship since 2007. Kind of a desperate program, a desperate fan base. They needed something to happen. And Ashley Robinson's one of those ADs when he was at Prairie View, when he was at Valley, and now Jackson State, he makes big splashes. And that's a big splash. He took a chance. And so far, it's it's paying off in terms of, of the, 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 the stuff that he's doing for the program, the new practice field, the equipment truck, and all that. So that's helpful. The new uniforms, the five different helmets, that's helpful. But one thing I've learned about Coach Sanders, the person, no matter what's going on, he is not going to be shy to tell you what's on his mind in real time, whether it's the boom box, 
whether it's stuff getting stolen out of the locker room after his first game with Edward Waters. He's not afraid to speak his mind. And I think I think we as the media are struggling to wrap our brains around Deion Sanders in terms of who he is. He hasn't changed. This is who he is. Deion doesn't have to get adjusted to us, the media. We are struggling to get adjusted to him. And I learned that at Media Day big time. And I was involved in the whole, you know, walking away from the interview and all that, calling him, you know, Deion and coach and all that. So love it or hate it, like, like Steven said, this is who he is. And what's going to help him is winning. And he won that game the other night. And it wasn't pretty. If he lost, I think there'll be some some pushback a little bit, but he didn't. He won that game. If he wins against Tennessee State this week, that's going to be another feather in his cap. So I, I don't I don't have a problem with it. I think as far as the jerseys are concerned, I do think we all need to have uh, names on the back of the jerseys. Whether or not schools can afford to do that is a whole nother story. Deion said he'll handle it. I think he's going to try to maybe infuse some money somewhere from a conference level to where the conference will pay for that. So I understand where he's coming from because you want to know who number 28 is. I get that. I don't have a problem with it. So, I mean, I, I don't have an issue with, with a lot of the things that Dion is trying to do. But I do think, though, folks are expecting wins on the board. And if that doesn't happen, then all this stuff gets turned the other way. But so far as one to know and the things that he is saying, you can't totally disagree with it. He's just trying to elevate the level of the conference. I think he sees the MEAC because there's only a handful of teams left. He's saying, why not come over to the swag? There's only a few teams left anyway. But the MEAC is trying to get some teams to try to add to that, add to what they already have. So I understand the pushback, but I kind of understand what Dion is saying. If you only got four or five teams left, why not join the SWAC and be, instead of 12 teams, you got 17 teams or whatever it is. I don't have a problem with that. Whether it happens or not, I don't think it's going to happen. But, you know, I don't have a problem with them, you know, throwing that idea out there. And it got to the point where the MEAC pushed back on it and saying, no, it's, that's not going to happen. I don't think it was going to ever was going to happen. But he said, why not? I have an opinion. I'm going to share that. All right. And before we get to you, Alex, I've got a couple of, got a couple of opinions on Twitter about this. Uh, Brian Simpkins says, it's 2021. We need to sell licensed HBCU jerseys with player names online. It's a must. Oh, it's a must-have in the NIL era. Extra revenue stream, that's un, that's untouched. Go ahead with your comments, Alex. Yeah, he's very articulate. He makes you think he's off the cuff, but he's not off the cuff. Um, everything he says, he has a motive for it. So, like Charles said, while we're trying to wrap our heads around him, He's already know what he's going to say. He already knew that, hey, Miak, you know, why don't you join us? He said there's either two answers or I could get some pushback. So it's not just he just sat there and said, oh, let me fly off the cuff. No, 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 no. Dion has been doing this since he's been at Jackson State. It's about giving, you may not like the coverage we get, but he does everything he can to get exposure. If you watch the Alabama A&M Jackson State game, they interviewed, now, usually they interviewed the coach that's leading at halftime. They didn't interview Connell Maynard, who was <laughs> winning. They interviewed Coach Prime, 
when Alabama A&M won, he interviewed Coach Prime. And interesting about that game was Alabama A&M had been on the layoff for three weeks, went into Jackson and put 52 on his defense. And he didn't get a single mic in his face because ESPN was told, get the camera on Prime because Prime is going to say something that's going to catch the attention of the fans. So, Wait a minute, time out, time out, time out. You must not have heard of Connell Maynard interview because Connell Maynard will say something that will catch the attention of the fans. Well, I'm not saying he won't, <laughs> but they didn't put the mic at him. The mic was on Dion throughout that whole game. So when Dion does stuff, it's articulate. It's not off, like I said, it's not off the cuff. And it might sound crazy to us, but he's been shrewd. He was shrewd in the NFL. He said stuff that was off the cuff then, and he's doing it now. And as far as the names on the uniforms, uh, the Eddie Robinson days are over with. It's Tigers and not an individual. So he is saying, hey, let's scrap that old 60s and 70s stuff. Let's put some names on the jerseys. And now in this day and time, I do agree. And I would love to see that. I think um, if I can hop in, I mean, I think just from the, he sees himself as an agent of change. And he, yeah. you know, whether or not you like that, uh, you know, and I think, you know, there's a discussion to be had, uh, as, uh, as Alex was saying, like, I mean, you know, as HBCUs, we can't, you know, that H stands for history. So, you know, a lot of times we are staunchly in that and uh, anything that comes outside of that, we reject it, especially if it's from somebody who we deem is not one of us. And, you know, Deion Sanders before, uh, before he, you know, graduated from, uh, before he graduated from uh, Talladega College last year, nobody ever put Deion Sanders and HBCU in the same sentence. And, uh, you know, he got the Jackson State job and now he's there. And, uh, you know, but, he, you know, really what he said, he didn't say anything that hasn't been said on message boards, hasn't been, heck, in the 70s, there was even a proposal where the MEAC and the SWAC were going to join together. But obviously, uh, you know, from the MEAC's vantage point, you know, they've had a rough, you know, half decade or so. Uh, they lost a lot of programs. And uh, ever since y'all, ever since y'all uh, stopped dating them. Hey, look, man, you know, sometimes, you know, you got somebody, sometimes you just out of your league, you know, you just ain't got it like that. And, and you know, she, she, she got a role. You got a role and she got a role. So, you know, but, um, you know, so it's, it's, yeah, I think a lot of people are resistant to change and um, a lot of people are uh, just, just not going to like anything that he does. So, um, yeah, there's that. Uh, Ra- Ramsey Carlton just t- chimed in and, Maybe one of you guys could uh, fact check this for him. At one time, all HBCUs, and I'm pretty sure he's talking about the FCS programs, had had play, had names on the back of the jerseys. And this was back when Russell was making the HBCU jerseys. I, I don't quite remember that, but he maybe he may be right. He may be wrong. I don't remember that on uh, off the top of my head. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have to fact check that. Uh, Rams, but I appreciate you throwing that out out there to us. Also, going up and down the uh, the Facebook feed, Brian Simpkins says, uh, great lineup. Good evening, gentlemen. 
Montre Bennett is on, says hello. Uh, Fab, you played their quarterback too late. I think that's a consensus about everybody. Uh, Simpkins says Lenore Ryan is no joke. VSU will bounce back. I uh, well, they got their pride hurt against Lenore Ryan. Broken <laughs> <laughs> Trojans. Uh, and Bennett says we need uh, we need y'all at all the games. Talk about all of us in uh, black media and BCSN and everything else. Uh, uh, Kari Arnold says they can watch the halftime on YouTube afterwards. I don't want to watch it afterwards. I want to watch. That's why it's called halftime. Arnold. <laughs> I want to watch it at halftime. Uh, Trevor Day Jones, our beloved president of the HBCU Pro Sports Media, says ESPN, get out the way and let those like HBCU game day broadcast games. You know, we, we do it here at Black College Sports Network already. HBCU game day is great at their coverage. And there's enough people in black sports, black college sports, to be able to cover everything from a fan's point of view. Quickly before we go on break, and this was actually, speaking of HBCU game day, a tweet that somebody at HBCU game day put out, uh, Stephen, about the, the teams that went over 600 days. Oh, that was you who put that tweet out? Okay. Yeah, you know, I had to have a little fun. Tell, tell us about fun. it. Had to have a little fun with some of the uh, the axis of powers in the HBCU football from 2019. Um, you know, uh, A&T, Alcorn, sorry, Charles. Uh <laughs> Boost, Miles, uh, FAMU, all of the teams that were the power teams in 2019 all sat out in 2021 for the spring, and uh, all of them took losses, um, you know, to varying degrees and, and different circumstances. We'll see how it plays out, but I think every one of them would probably say that there was probably more rest on those folks who sat out over the spring and the previous fall than there were on the teams that actually did play. I think that that's kind of bared itself out, which I, I kind of thought it would from the beginning, just because, you know, there, it, you know, there's the fact of playing somebody having not having played someone else in so long. I think that kind of reared its head in a lot of cases. So now, now, now Alex, ask me this, and either one of you all could chime in on this. We know the CIAA set out the entire everything last year. Yes. Did the, did those uh, Gulf South teams and those uh, SAC teams play this spring? I don't know off the top of my head. I think some of them did. Uh, you know, and now that you said it, I really want to go back and look. Did a Lenore Ryan play in the spring? Is they and did. is that the reason they why did. they kicked? They did. You know, kick uh, Virginia Virginia State's butt. We know Delaware State played in the spring, and they Delaware kicked. Boo- State played they, and they got kicked Bowie still. What was that? Delaware State played and got better in the spring. I think. Um, I think that was a big difference in the game. Um, you know, I think, you know, they, they, Bowie State hadn't played in two years. Delaware State had a, had a solid spring and got some confidence. Yeah. So, so that, that's something we need to do, some research. And, you, and y'all at home, do, do some research on that. See, see if your team – know, you know if your team played in the spring or not. See if your opponent played in the spring. And then let's, let's track this next week. And okay. see what happens in week two, week three, and how, how long it will take for those teams who set out the spring to right the ship. We're going to take a break, fellas. When we come back, what everybody's waiting on, fellas, it's time to, it's time to talk these polls, man. So we'll be, we'll be back on Nights of the Roundtable, HBCU Pro Sports Media Association presentation after these brief messages. 
When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. Um, can I get the now bar, please? One dollar. Have a good one. Got it. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Let me get a now bar. Sure. One dollar. Appreciate it. Got it. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here are the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Roundtable, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way. You consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. Welcome back to Nights of the Roundtable. Stephen Gaither, Alex Hines, Charles Edmonds joining me here on Nights of the Roundtable. Fellas, we first get into the polls. And for those of y'all watching us on YouTube, Facebook, tell us who your number one team is in the mid-majors. You tell us who your number one team is in the majors. Mid-majors are the Division II and the NAIA programs and Virginia Lynchburg. What's their classification? Uh, USCAA, is, is that their classification? I don't know. But they, they're not NCAA. They're not NAIA. They're just independent out there. Out there. <laughs> and the uh, major poll makes up the BAC, the SWAC, Central, Hampton, in Tennessee State. So starting off, starting off with the mid-major poll. Dropping out of the poll are you ready for this, Alex? Virginia State. I know. I know. That's okay. And West Virginia State University also dropped out. So move, receiving votes from the HBCU Pro Sports Media Association. Edward Waters and Clark Atlanta was personally was not impressed with that victory over uh 
Livingston. Uh, it was it was an ugly game. Yeah. So starting off 10, 10 to six, coming in at number ten with 20, 20 votes is Virginia Union. Coming in at number nine, dropping all the way down to number nine is Savannah State, twenty three votes. At number eight, Benedict, thirty three votes. At number seven, the Lions of Langston come in with forty nine votes, and at number six. The Thoroughbreds of Kentucky State. I don't know what it is happening with my graphic. Fellas, what you say about, about this right here? Any, 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 anybody in this six that you think should be up, first of all, or did we get those who dropped out correctly? Anybody wants to chime in? I, I I agree with that bottom ten. I agree with the bottom half of it. All right, and and, and personally, I think Kentucky State uh, may have been the benefit. What's the opposite of being the benefit? Being uh, may have been bumped down a little bit by the fact they did not play in week one and played in week zero, and everybody kind of forget how they kind of dominated Central State, but. It is Central State. Alex, what you what say you? Savannah Ninth. Didn't they get whipped to this weekend? Oh yeah, they look look in those region games that we had SIAC or CIAA against those regional opponents that they would potentially see in the playoffs uh, out of the Gulf South or the or the SAC. They lost by average of thirty five points easily. St- Steven, what you, what say you? Man, um, yeah. So I'm looking at that. Uh, Clark Atlanta receiving votes. They probably feel pretty good about that. Um, but uh, yeah, my, my lady's a Livingstone alumna, and uh, yeah, she she gave me the report about that game. Hey, but you know, you take those you take those uh, wins the way that you get them. So uh, good for them for receiving votes. Uh, I I don't think they'll be in that category long. Um, Union, man, Union at ten. Ah, man, I. I kind of feel like, all right, I'm just going to be honest with you. I feel like a Union lost to Hampton and a Savannah State lost to uh, Valdosta State is probably, I mean, it's probably almost just as good as a win against, as against Allen. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and one thing, Union gave Hampton fits for three quarters. Yeah. Yeah, Union has some, you know, Hampton finally pulled away from Union, but, you know, Union had its opportunities in that particular game. Let's move on to the top five. All right. Coming in at number five, uh, 77 points is is Miles. Coming in at number four, also with 77 points, but got the tiebreaker because they received a higher higher vote. They received a second-place vote where – within their uh, voting where mm-hmm. miles did not receive a second place vote is uh Fayetteville state coming mm-hmm. in at number three Bowie state 78 points but here, here's the thing about Bowie state three first place votes despite the loss coming in at number two after a dominating victory over tuskegee university fort valley state university comes in at number two 79 points three first place votes and at number one of Coming in with one of the few non-conference wins for the SIAC is the Albany State Golden Rams, 106 points for first place 
votes. Alex, I'm going to let you go first this time. That's interesting. Uh, Bouet must be still that respectful to lose and be ranked third. <laughs> but I don't know how that game was close with Delaware State because their QB threw four picks. He threw four interceptions. And that game was still close. And I looked, I said, okay, it's 26-3. Delaware State running away with it. Then I came back, it was 32-24. I'm like, what's going on? This guy's thrown four picks, and yet Bowie State is still in this game and had a chance to win. So is that a reflection of Bowie State, or is that a reflection on Delaware State? Might be a little bit of both. (laughs) Might be a little bit of both. Um, We'll see what happens this week. Fayetteville, poor Fayetteville. No matter what they do, they can't get any respect. (laughs) They they beat down Elizabeth City, and they still can't pass the team that lost. (laughs) Hey, Charles, bail about here. What you got for me? (laughs) Well, uh, Albany State, they, they beat Mississippi College, right? Yeah. yeah right. How, how far is that from you? Uh, from my house, about 20, 25 minutes. Okay. That game got a lot of attention here in Mississippi, in, in the Jackson area, I can tell you that. Uh, I think a lot of folks in Clinton, that's Clinton, Mississippi, that's where Mississippi College is located, were shocked at, at that result. And I saw the highlights. I was impressed with Albany State. Uh, Fort Fort Valley, what they did to Tuskegee. I saw that game. You saw that game. I don't have a problem with with uh, with with number two. Um, Miles, tough loss, one point loss as they played up to uh, Alabama State. Um, I might would have bumped them up another notch. Oh, I would have bumped them up because they played up and they played so close. Should have probably won the game. So uh, the uh, if, part, they, if they don't botch the. Uh, PAT in overtime, you know they they keep themselves in the position to win that game. Yeah, correct. And and if they if they had happened to want to win that game instead of them being five, they probably would be. They would be number one. Two, one. Or, yeah, number one. I you know I yeah I would agree because that you know playing up and winning winning that game really accounts a lot more for what Albany State or Fort Valley did. So I don't have a problem with the top five, mm-hmm. but I think it also shows you that. You know, at the mid-major level, even when these SWAC teams and MEAC teams play down, you're seeing now that the level of competition, I mean, at least through the first week or two of the season, I mean, it, 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 it's really impressive to see because you're not seeing these 81 to nothing blowouts like you've seen in the last 10 or 20 years. Yeah. Uh, Steve, Steve, what you got for us? All right. So I'm going to start from the bottom up. Miles, uh, Miles at number five. Yeah. I mean, they played against Alabama State. Um, and I actually liked Alabama State coming out of the spring, so I'll give them their respect for number five in a, in a close loss. Um, they got to get a little. They got to get a little bit more out of offense. I think that's, um, you know, that's what has been the problem with them in the in the playoffs too. You know, they they got They got to score some points. So um, you know, we'll we'll see if they can uh, do a little bit better against Southern this week. Uh, I was at the Fayetteville State and Elizabeth City State game, and. Uh, Man, uh, like Alex said, it's, uh, you know, it, it's tough for Fayetteville State because, I mean, they came out and played lights out, but they were playing Elizabeth City. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, no disrespect to the, to the So, so, so J- Steve, I got to ask you this. Which game do you discount more? Central State, Kentucky State, 
or Elizabeth City, Fayetteville State. You got to discount them both. Man, well, I, I'm going to have to uh, discount the Central State, uh, discount the Central State one a little bit more because I was at the I was at the Elizabeth City uh, at, the, at the Elizabeth City Fayetteville State game. Fayetteville State has some Fayetteville State all kidding aside, you know, they, they've uh, beaten up on, on my alma mater uh, two of the last three years and got into that championship game where they <clears throat> choked. But, you know, they, I think they, they've come out, um, you know, prepared uh, to, to change that narrative. And uh, they did everything that they were supposed to do, and they still end up where they end up in this poll. Um, I mean, they had a dominant performance. They got some guys who are, you know, on the list for senior bowl above some guys that are at the D1 level. Um, so they're a talented team, and maybe this is the year that they break through um, and, and, they, and they're able to get that championship. Um, Bowie. Man, I, it, yeah, it's tough for it's it's tough for them. I mean, look, look at Fayetteville. Even when they win, and Bowie loses, they can't win. Um, so <laughs> it, it's it's rough. It's you know, I know it's rough in the swag, but it's tough in the CIAA South right now. Um, you know, so um, we'll see what happens. And then uh, you know, one and two, um, I Albany State definitely give it to them. Um, I don't know. I don't know how impressed you know. I mean, we know Tuskegee's a name. I don't know if that puts them up at number two. I don't know. I, you it, know, it, I think you know, it, it's just like when people were whooping Grambling last year. It's it's that name. It's that tradition. But they've when, been, you see, when you see a victory over certain schools, and and, and, and I'm, I'm gonna put you on the spot on this one. When you see that victory over Winston Salem, that victory means just a little bit more. No doubt than about victory it. over Elizabeth City. I, well, you said it, not me, but yeah, some teams still feel like they got a trophy because they beat Winston and they didn't. So, you know, right, right, right. I get it. Uh, Brian Sipkins reminded us that uh, Virginia, excuse me, Virginia Lynchburg is NCCAA. Akari Arnold says Fort Valley should be number one. Chris Tucker says Virginia Union should be bumped up two slots. And Sipkins also says Benedict could be higher. Uh, and Two things that I want to watch for, two SIC games that I think are going to be interesting this weekend. Miles going to Southern, Fort Valley going to FAMU. But we're going to hold those comments on those uh, for just a moment. I want to get into the uh, this article that y'all put out on HBCU game day about these check games, Steve. Quickly, uh, quickly su- sum that up for us. Yeah, well, you know, um, you know, we didn't have it last year because no HBCUs played in the fall and, and the money games didn't happen, but uh, and, and none in the spring. But I mean, every year there are, you know, multiple times where, you know, just like when, you know, Miles traveled to Alabama State, you know, they got to check for that. They, they played up in division ranks, just like when Union went to Hampton, you know, they got a check from Hampton. Now, they weren't the size of checks that are being handed out this weekend. Um, if you look at the uh, go to the article HBCU game day, uh, we got some of the totals there um, where on the low end, you know, I think Hampton's getting right at two hundred thousand dollars to play to go across the street and play Old Dominion, um, where some whereas, uh, you know, other teams are getting, you know, upwards of half a, of half a million uh, to play at an SEC team. So, I mean, it's a it's a it is a every year thing, not only with HBCUs, but with everybody else. But every year there's that conversation. Um, Because there's just that visceral reaction um, to seeing HBCUs go and playing against programs who have so much more money than they do 
and getting spanked and and you know and and oftentimes that has been the only representation that we've gotten on the national stage but again I think you go back to everything that's going on uh you know in, in HBCU sports right now um you know I think uh, Dr. Donald Hill uh, Ellie uh, said it perfectly today on the SWAC media day call um you know he's been around this HBCU game for over 30 years and there's like a, a tide that has been turning and so maybe now um, you know, those games will still hurt, but maybe they won't hurt us as badly, you know, when you get a FAMU and a Jackson State on ESPN, too. We've gotten games on ESPN. Um, if that type of coverage continues, maybe people won't have that same reaction. But, you know, I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to be in Winston-Salem this weekend. I'm going to be not seeing Norfolk State take on WSSU, but take on uh, Wake Forest University. And uh, they're getting cut a nice size check for it. Um, you know, so we'll see. But they're still going to be playing an ACC opponent, even though it is – Wake Forest. I mean, they're still in the ACC technically. So, well, you know, uh, I think Alabama State takes on Auburn this week. Uh, so they just gave a check to Miles. Now they're gonna get their refund check from from Auburn this week. And I believe y'all have a check game this week, uh, Charles. Don't you all? Yes, we uh, we well. I don't know. I I need to do follow up on that because we're playing an FCS opponent. And I am familiar with the guarantees FCS to FCS. Unless you're playing one of the top tier teams in the FCS, like a James Madison or a North Dakota State, something like that, in which you get a small guarantee, most of the regional FCS to FCS are home and home or maybe a two for one. When I say a two for one, that means that like Alcorn will go to Northwestern twice and Northwestern will come, Northwestern State will come to Alcorn once and there's a small guarantee there. But most of the FCS, the FCS, there's not a guarantee because it's just they just don't have the revenue to be able to make that happen. Uh, you know, I think everyone's looking for the million dollar pay date or the two million dollar pay date that you see in the FBS, where where uh, a Boise State might go to Alabama and get two million dollars. You're not going to see that um, on our level. You know, we played Arkansas a few years ago. We got like five seventy five a few years ago. A lot of people were, you know, some people weren't too thrilled at at that type of guarantee but that's that's what was negotiated so I think at the end of the day you know schools need that revenue and I also been told by other ADs in the conference if we pack our stadiums then we won't need to play those games because we would have the revenue in hand but that's not the case and therefore you're going to get an Alabama State Auburn Uh, you're going to get an Alcorn South Alabama you're going to get those type of games so until we until we fill up our stadiums those guaranteed games will continue. And the FCS games, you won't see as many of those because from a financial standpoint, it just you don't really benefit from it, but it's still good competition. And that's what that's what's being uh, being done right now. Quickly, Alex, you got you got one minute. And filling the stadiums. That's been a problem for years. Even if you're winning, we don't pack the stadiums. So like you said, Charles, pack the stadiums, won't need the money games. But yeah. the SWAC has been leading the FCS in attendance for 41 years, and they still got to play money games. It sounds nice. I'm sure the ADs want to sell more tickets, but it's going to take a lot more than that for those to end. You know, merchandise, yeah. things like that as well, too. So yeah. definitely got to pack the stands, though. But. And, and, and uh, one thing, though, and we, we all know it, 
You gotta tell Ray Ray not to leave the back gate open so that I can so that me and my family. <laughs> With that being said, we're gonna take a break, fellas. <laughs> when we come back, we're gonna go over the uh we're gonna go over the major poll and we're gonna give our party shots. You're watching HBC watching Nice of the Round Table at HBCU Pro Sports Media Association presentation. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your family. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. Welcome back. Final final quarter of Knights of the Roundtable, HBCU Pro Sports Media Association. All right, we went through the bit major polls. This I'll, hopefully everybody will chime in and tell us what they think about the major poll, or tell us if the media is right or wrong. But it's a poll. It's for conversation. It's early, y'all. Teams are going to fluctuate up and down. Mm-hmm. You have a team jump up to number three this week. And then there'll be receiver votes next week just because of these wins and losses that you get, especially in these non-conference uh, games because, boy, if, if our only data point was week zero or week one for some of these teams, it's going to be an ugly season for some teams if that's the only data that we have to get in. And, yes, I saw that from you, Michael Washington. I just want you to know that that data point. I love that now. All right. Well, can I, can, I, can I say something real quick about Go that? Ahead. Because Go ahead, y'all. In, in being a part of this conference for 35 years, okay, I have never seen a time in which there's so many anxious fans after week zero and week one. People are on the edge of their seats right now based on what has happened in week zero and, and, and week one. No, it's a long season. There's a lot of football left to be played. Yeah. But I haven't seen this much anxiety since I've been a part of this conference since 1986. That's a good thing. It's a bad thing, but it, it generates a lot of buzz and excitement. 
it's a good thing depending on where your one is. If your one is on the left <laughs> side, that's where mm -hmm. the W's are. It's a good thing. If yeah, your one is right. on the right side, that's where the L's are. It's a bad thing. Let's yes, move to this right. top ten uh, for the uh, for the major schools dropping out of the poll. The Jaguars of Southern University. Wow, they dropped all the way out. No respect. Also dropping out were the Wildcats of Bethune Cookman. You know they they actually played a a, a pretty decent game, at least for at least for half the game. So that that kind of surprised me. Yes, receiving votes. Alabama State. Yeah, they got a win, but it was not an impressive win. But they 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 received they they were in the receiving votes category. They mean Clark Atlanta, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna hold that. We're gonna say that too. We go. Let's let's at least get through the uh, ten through six before you throw in your two cents. All right, coming in at number ten, Ch Charles, close your ears. I want you to hear that Alcorn came in at number ten with twenty-seven votes. 27 points, excuse me. I guess I might as well close my ears because my family Rattlers came in uh, at number nine, but there is a gap. We got 50. We 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 right there in the mix with everybody else. And listen to these vote totals between these uh, next few teams. Uh, South Carolina State, number eight, 55 points. North Carolina A&T, seven, with 56 points. And Prairie View, also at number six with 56 points. But they did get the tiebreaker because they received a higher uh, a vote in the uh, in the poll. So here we are, ten through six, fellas. Tell me what you guys think about this. Uh, who who do we start off with last time? Let's uh, let's go to you first this time, Alex. How about that? Ooh, interesting. Bethune Cookman dropped out. Yes. They played a good game. I I voted for them to be in the top ten, and I'm shocked to see that they dropped out. Prairie View should be over Grambling at five. A and T, they played good toward the end. South Carolina State went toe to toe with A and M. Famu at nine. That's that's about good. So six through ten, that 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 looks pretty good. But if you want to do the receiving votes, I would have switched maybe Bethune Cookman with. But who do you switch them with? Because I, I think Bethune Cookman should be receiving votes ahead of Alabama uh, State, even even, even, even despite won. the loss. That's just me. What yes. say you, Mister Edmund? So I guess we're saying that. Southern and Bethune, they both played up this past weekend against two tough teams in the FBS, and they got punished for it. Hmm. Interesting there. Um, Alabama State, yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with that. That was, I mean, it was a win, but it wasn't a great win. And I guess, you know, you look at all corn, I mean, we talked in the last segment, you know, the Braves hadn't played in 600 days plus North Carolina Central's kind of in the same boat. But yet we still uh, still got some votes despite that loss. And so, you know, it, interesting to see that. Um, FAMU, I, 
I think I think that's that one is about right. Um, mm-hmm. I, and, and I had FAMU to win the game against Jackson State because number one quarterback play. I did not expect FAMU to get such uh, pitiful results from the quarterback position. That's why I had him winning the game. Shadur Sanders, I knew he was going to struggle. I knew it was going to be a challenge, but I thought FAMU would get better quarterback play. So yeah, I'm, I'm good with I'm good with where FAMU is. I thought it was a good loss by South Carolina State. I mean, you're playing the best team in the SWAC. You lost 31 to seven last year, and you should have beat them this year. So, uh, you know, I thought they would probably you know move up a little bit, even though they lost. Uh, A&T had a tough challenge in their first game, not being in the MEAC. Uh, so I'm, I'm good with that. And Prairie View, they beat Texas Southern for what, the eighth time in a row or the ninth time in a row? Um, I think it's eight I'm, now. Eight, eight. Yeah, I would have yeah, they, 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 they trying to catch uh, us at FAMU with our losses to uh, Bethune. They can have yeah. that streak. If they want that streak, they can have that streak. Yeah, uh, Texas Southern only played a couple of games in the spring. I would have probably slid them down, Prairie View down a little bit. Um, you know, I, I kind of have a couple of issues with the with the bottom half, but but I'm I'm okay with that. All right, before we get to, before we get to uh, Stephen Gate, the, uh, tr- our president once again, Trevor Day Jones says both teams grow between week one and week two. Montre Bennett says, "Fam, you defense is strong. The office has to pull up if the office has to pull up, and they need to stick to running the ball." Lonnie White says, "Those." Golden Rams of Albany State. Go ahead, Steven. <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking at this list. And um, Prairie View A&M, um, you beat Texas Southern. Congratulations. Is um, that another one that we need a discount? I, I, you know, that's, it's, it's just one data point. But I, here's another data point. Texas Southern hasn't actually beaten anyone. Since October, I did the research, October 27th, 28th of 2018. Um, you know, they have an act, they've got that, you know, they got a win from uh, Alcorn um, because of, you know, opting out, but they haven't beaten anybody since then. So, I mean, you know, hey, you play who's on the schedule, you play to win. You know, um, I think the losses, I think in order of the level that they played, Maybe there's a case for FAMU above a and I don't know. Um, you know, but I, 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 I like the bottom half. Um, you know, somebody got to receive those votes. Uh, so Alabama State, I mean, you know, you got to win. <laughs> I, I, I'm just on my – I need some more data points because it's, it's, just, it's just – yeah. All right. Let's move on to this uh, top five. Coming in at number five. And here's what's interesting about this. Our number five team actually received two first-place votes, that being Grambling State. Number four team, North Carolina Central, 65 uh, points. I'm sorry, Grambling State had 58 points. North Carolina Central, 65 points. Coming in at number three, defending SWAT West champion UAPB with 79 points. Coming, Jumping all the way from eight to number two is... The Jackson State Coach Primes, I mean, the Jackson State Tigers coming in at number two with 104 points. And at number one, 11 first place votes, the Bulldogs in the battle. The Bulldogs of 
Alabama A&M University. And there you have it. Uh, let's see. I think it's uh, Steven signed to start this one off. Uh, you know, I really don't have a problem with the top five. I think that's about right. Um, you know, Grambling, Grambling got their win over Tennessee State, so you can't regard them that. Central, you know, they beat a, a good Alcorn State team um, that's traditionally good, so they got to sit there. They, they didn't lose anything last week. Uh, Pine Bluff, you know, I think they were probably a little bit of disrespect to coming in. Uh, maybe a little bit overinflated, but, you know, hey, again, when so few teams have wins at this point, um, you know, somebody's got to get those votes. So, you know, there's that. JSU, I think that's a solid rating for them. Uh, and Alabama a and I think unquestionably, you know, they picked up where they left off uh, in good and bad ways on, uh, on you know, <laughs> last year. Um, you know, so I think, uh, yeah, I think they're, they're definitely the strongest looking team to me right now. Um, so yeah, I think the top five is, uh, I think the top five is solid. I mean, you know, again, it's week one, you can't argue too much, um, at this point, but, uh, you know, as we get those weeks in, I think it's good, you know, things will bear themselves out, but, uh, JSU, um, you know, it sets up an interesting situation because JSU plays Tennessee state next week. Um, you know, how much does a win against Tennessee state worth? I wonder these days, um, you know, if they beat them. Do they skip up to Alabama A&M or do they stay at two? I'm looking ahead right now. Because Alabama A&M does have the buy. Alabama A&M does have the buy, whether you knock them for being idle. Um, you know, North Carolina Central, they're about to get, they're about to get a cut-the-check game uh, against Marshall. So we'll see what happens with them. Uh, and Grambling has one of those as well. So it's going to be a tough week to evaluate. It's going to be another tough week to evaluate with all these uh, cut-the-check games, with, as we like to call them over at uh, HBCU Game Day. Now, Charles, what do you say about your alma mater, those Grambling State Tigers? And what I find interesting about them is they they received two first place votes, but still finish fifth. What's, what, chime in on this, please. Well, I I think you have to to put to me, and maybe I'm just saying this because I'm a Gramblingite. If you look at Grambling in the spring, how bad they looked. Had to rebuild that offense from the ground up for them to, to go to Ohio and play on the NFL network and beat Tennessee state. I, even though it's Tennessee state and Andy George just hired like yesterday, um, <laughs> to be the head coach of Tennessee state. I think that game still carries some weight because Grambling, Grambling of where they were in the spring and to have them fifth. Uh, I would have put Grambling over UAPB. I think that quality. So of you put them three. Yeah, um, three, three or because UAPB did beat a division two lane, correct? And 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 yeah, they won, but I'm also looking at who they played too. I mean, so I, 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 for me personally, you know, putting weight when you're playing down like that, it carries some weight, but Grambling beat a quality opponent, albeit a coach that just was hired day before yesterday. Um, Central, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, that was one of the biggest upsets, I think. That, that you're going to find, I mean, in the books, in the Vegas books, Central was probably a 14 to 17 point favorite over Alcorn. And for that to happen, it was a huge upset. So, you know, Central being where they are, I don't have a problem with it. I, I would have probably put Grambling up there as well, maybe another notch because of what Grambling had in the spring or what they didn't have in the spring. They didn't have much. Um, I don't, even if Jackson State beats Tennessee State, I think Alabama A&M still will probably be number one. I think, again, because Tennessee State with a new coach still trying to figure things out, 
I think that that it won't carry as much weight. I still think A&M will be number one, even if Jackson State wins. Um, if Jackson State wins Saturday, now they play ULM and Delta State coming up. If they win those two, and if A&M stumbles, and I can make the case for JSU moving up, maybe the number one. But right now, I'm I'm good with where A&M is, and I'm good where JSU is. I have an issue with UAPB though. Yeah, uh, I don't have a problem with necessarily with Grambling sitting right there where it is. Uh, Grambling, Prairie View, Central. You could pretty you could pretty much put those three in any order that you want to. I just got a problem with the two first place votes. <laughs> That's what I want to know, <laughs> Alex. What you got? What you got? Then I'll come back to you, Steve. How did he get those two first place votes? Yeah, <laughs> and. Jackson State didn't didn't get one. They beat Florida AM, did not get not one first place vote. I don't and, think anybody had Jackson State beat Florida AM. I mean that was that was a huge Which upset. is why which is why if you think with that theory, they should have got somebody should somebody should have potentially gave them a first place vote. Not taking anything away from Alabama AM. But if you don't give your first place vote to Alabama A and M, I'm giving it to Jackson State before yes. I give it to Graham. That's yes. just me. Yes, Steve, yes. you got something you wanted to chime in with? And Grambling oh. beat a Tennessee State team that almost all their quarterbacks was in COVID quarantine. They started a true freshman. They played three different quarterbacks. So now. Defensively, Grambling looked pretty good, but like Charles said, offensively, they struggled. And if you're going to, you know, you better hope that when you get in the SWAC play, that's fixed. Because you're going to have some teams in the SWAC that can score. And every game is not going to be 16 to 10. And not everybody's quarterback room is going to be on COVID protocol. (laughs) <laughs> but the two first place votes that's when I have a problem with they should have went to Jackson State Steve what you got you know so so clearly what we have here is a Russian infiltration of the HBCU pro sports media poll because I don't <laughs> think that Grambling is getting two votes that's the only <laughs> way to get two votes for a winning is TSU and, I, and I'll just Go back because uh, things Charles said that stuck, said that stuck out to me. So you're going to give Gremlin credit for where they came from from the spring, but you're also not going to give UAPB credit for what they actually did in the spring. Right. You know, yeah, they beat a D2 team that was on their schedule, but they beat them and in the spring. And they, they beat them convincingly also, <laughs> unlike, <laughs> unlike Alabama State. Unlike some people in, in, in the SWAC, and, you know, it, it was that. And then also, um, yeah, so Tennessee State can't be a quality win for Grambling, but now it's not a quality win. Either they're good or they're not. They're a quality <laughs> win. They're okay win. Now, we know Grambling was struggling to get over the hump. It's a feel-good story. But, you know, if TSU beats them next week, and now they're – I mean, if JSU beats them next week, and now they're 0-2, you know, I, I, it'll be interesting to see – who else wins? How much weight Tennessee State will carry in this poll going forward? I think that'll be pretty interesting. Quick rebut, Charles. I think I think Tennessee State, if they beat Jackson State, I don't know how far down Tennessee State is in this poll. If they are twelfth or thirteenth or whatever, 
Um, I don't know how far down in the poll they are. If Tennessee State beats Jackson State, they may crack the top 10. I agree with what Stephen says. I mean, it, does the t- does the Grambling Tennessee State game carry as much weight as UAPB and Lane? That even though yes, UAPB is the Western Division champs. They played down. Yeah, they got a good win. But I'm, I'm also looking at FCS versus FCS. I, I'm just for me. I'm putting a little bit more weight on that. And and that's you know the the two votes Grambling got. I don't I I I don't see where that came from, but. So I'm you just so it wasn't from the alumni section then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from. The Russian I have, I have no blocks. I have no idea. Now I tell you what, if Grambling beats USM Saturday, then we can have a conversation because that they, they, they and I will and I will gladly have that conversation with you. <laughs> we'll take it back. But, yeah. but 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 for me, I I just think FCS to FCS versus uh SWAC. D2, whatever it is, I'm putting a little bit more weight on that for me. I mean, I might be totally off off the cuff on this one, but I think, you know, for me, some of it is being a grandma night, but some of it is considering where they were in the spring. And it was a, a little bit of an upgrade enough for me to, to, to be a little comfortable at five. But I guess for me, I can't, I, I, I guess I could change my tune and say, I'm good where they are at five. All right. All right, y'all, it's time for us to pick up this show and get up out of here. So it's time for our parting shots. I'm going to let uh, Alex go first. And then after you get your parting shot, give your plugs. Oh, uh, first week, pretty good. Um, There was some bad, good quarterback play. There was some bad quarterback play. And somebody dropped a question on Facebook. Why was there so much bad HBCU quarterback play? And I just hope it picks up this week and hope that the quarterback play for our schools are better. You can find me at hbcusportsnet.com. Facebook and Twitter are both Alex Hines. That's where you can find me at. And just glad to be here and just honored once again, to be invited to the show. Uh, Charles, we're going to let you go next. Um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, every coach tells you in football the biggest improvement is from week one to week two, and we'll yeah. see. You know, teams on alert, like all corn playing at home against Northwestern State. Hopefully they can bounce back. Um, Southern University against Miles. Hopefully they can bounce back. And FAMU, um, FAMU in their, in, in their game. Uh, and So we'll we'll see. We'll see if those teams can bounce back. I think there'll be better quarterback play as we now get into the rhythm of the season. Um, you can find me. I'm on Facebook, Charles Edmond. I'm on Twitter, uh, Tall Man Radio. Looking forward to uh, week number three of the college football season. Steven? All right. So, um, yeah, so on the two different levels, we got two different goals. Um, and the CIAA and SIC win some out-of-conference games. Um, you know, you got to pick your faces up. Um, you know, Fayetteville State playing Wingate, it would be a, a huge win for the CIAA. They've kind of beaten up on Fayetteville State specifically uh, and some of the teams in the CIAA. Um, and then, you know, um, Winston-Salem State, my alma mater, they'll get their chance, their first chance to play, um, you know, in 600-plus days after UNC Pembroke pulled out on them for COVID protocol. They play Catawba team um, that, you know, has historically been a tough win for them. So I think for the CIAA and the SIAC, you want to get those out of conference wins. For the FCS schools, so many of you guys, look, just just protect your neck and make sure that they cut the check. 
That's all I got. So, um, you know, you can uh, make sure you follow, of course, HBCU Game Day, uh, all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, we're trying to touch this TikTok thing. I, I'm getting a little old for all of this, but we'll see about that. Um, and you can follow me at says David the youngest Jay. person on the panel, but <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's why I like being here. Uh, at you can uh, follow me at Stephen J Gaither on Twitter. Uh, I, you know, stir the pot a little bit. So, all right, fellas, I, I need I, I need to get a little bit closer to my camera when I when I do this. <laughs> Alumni, students, supporters, relax. Your team lost. My team lost. It's only week zero or week one. They are not going to fire the coach this week. Stop calling for these coaches' heads this week. These coaches have gone through all of 2020. Some of them played. Some of them didn't. They all had to deal with this COVID stuff. Kids who they wished were on their roster said, the hell with this. I'm going to get me a job now. I'm not coming back to school. More power to them. I ain't got no problem with that. Other school, other students have exercised their rights in the portals. Yeah, we know they've been practicing since May for their first week opponent. We thought they were going to look better. But I'm going to be honest with you. All of these games were sloppy this weekend. Turnovers, fumbles like you've never seen before. And remember, the only fumbles that go on the stat sheets are the ones that go to the other team. We're not talking, we ain't even gonna count how many fumbles were actually recovered by the offense. So relax. It's going to take to the end of September for how they say the market to correct itself for us to get back to some normalcy. We're expecting. Homecoming football, week one. It's not going to be homecoming quality for a few weeks, everybody. Relax. Relax. My name is A.D. Drew, at BCSN Drew on Twitter. Uh, my BCSN.net on, on uh, at my BCSN one on all other social media for, for the network. We are HBCU Pro Sports Media. You can follow us on Twitter at HBCU Pro. Once again, that's at HBCU Pro. So for Alex Hines, Charles Emmons, Stephen Gaither, Zadie Drew, we'll be back on our regular Monday night next week. Thank y'all for tuning in. God bless, God safe. And for those still in Louisiana dealing with uh, Hurricane Ida, We're still praying for you. Yes. Peace. I holla.